on this very long awaited podcast with the wonderful Miriam. Myself and Miriam talk about the different approaches that we've taken in regards to our business and how we coach confidently without always being naked over social media. I'm Lucy, the founder of Coach Lucy, a community which focuses on health for life and gives it to you in the time it takes to make a cuppa and drink it. Welcome to A Cuppa with a Coach. It took for something to happen in my fashion career. Um, my best friend who I worked beside told me she was leaving and I was like, well, I really can't stay here if you're leaving. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go and do this and just started my business. Had no idea about how to run a business or anything and just went for it. And that's really not like me. I'm a very much methodical think about things before I do it. Like I'm not a, what's the, what's the phrase? Uh, look before you leap. Like, like I look and I look again and I look again. <laughs> um, so that's how I got into it totally by chance, but I guess it was always there. It was just very much in the background. I think in terms of fitness, there's two kind of distinctive paths that you either choose as a coach. You're either there because you really want to improve somebody's skills, you want to improve somebody's confidence, you want to improve someone's health and well-being. And sometimes you'll find coaches over social media that really are there for their own ego boost, sadly. Sometimes that path can be a wee bit more fancy compared to the other path. The rewards you receive from being the second type of coach that we're about to speak about now so much outweigh the coach that's just there to show off themselves, their bodies and their own achievements and not really care about their own clients. And I, th- I think in the beginning I wanted to go the first route that, or I thought I had to go that first route as you were saying. I had to go the first route of showing that I only ate chicken, broccoli and rice and showing that I didn't have chocolate and showing that I didn't have a drink and making sure that I looked at absolute peak physique, um, aesthetics, all that kind of stuff, making sure I looked the part. But actually, like, I found the other path, which is crowded by trees, and (laughs) that's a really nicer path to go down, focus on that and show people that you're real, show people that you have pizza and that you can you can still get to your goals you just don't have to do it that rigid way of the first path as you said it's really oversaturated and I think that it's it's saturated with really good coaches as well like I think there's loads of great coaches but I think especially when I was starting out I thought I had to be the coach that as what I've just said like promoting healthy and clean eating and that's not always the kind of way that you need to go down I would say that I found my feet because I looked at my business and said, I don't want my business to be based on what I look like. I don't want to have that pressure of my business and it being based on the way that I look at a certain point of time, because I'm not always going to be able to maintain this or I'm not going to be able to maintain a, a certain physique and I don't want my business to be based on that. And I don't want my clients to look at that and go, oh, well, she obviously doesn't follow what she's preaching because she doesn't look like that. I just didn't want that additional pressure. For years, we've been caught in the spiral that exercise is purely for punishment of the body. It's not a way to look after your body. It's just a way to work off the calories that we consume. Coaches like Miriam and myself, we are trying to change the view that people have as exercise is punishment on their body and utilizing it as a way to improve their confidence, their self-esteem, 
their mobility, their function as a human being and just make them have a little bit more enjoyment for fitness as a whole in any kind of way regardless if that be in the gym or if that be going out for a hill walk, a cycle, a swim. A lot of people feel like exercise is punishment and trying to get them away from that and see like exercise is so much more than what you probably think it is. A lot of people come for the the weight loss aspect and but they stay for like all the other things that exercise can give you like they stay for they stay for the fact that it helps their mental well-being they stay for the fact that they feel good they feel stronger they feel fitter they're able to run up the stairs that's why they stay so maybe they came for the aesthetics and they came because they thought that you could make them look good but realistically they stay because they've realized things that they can do things that they never ever believed that they could do like I had a, a client and she came to me because she wanted to lose weight she was an, uh, an older client she was maybe in her kind of late 60s and she came and uh, she came because she, she was like I want to lose weight I've, I've gained weight in my past couple of years and I just want to lose weight but she stayed with me because she realized that she could run up and down the stairs after her grandkids better like she didn't realize that she could she was struggling to do that before she just thought she was getting older but actually I was like no you you've gained fitness you're able to run up and down the stairs after your grandkids you're able to pick your grandkids up and she's like oh I no longer worry about taking the buggy out because I know that I can pull it upstairs things like that you would have never thought you would have joined a personal trainer for that reason and I think that it's a really scary thing to kind of own up and go, I need a personal trainer or I need to go to a gym and then find that experience is so intimidating. Like that would put me off if I was already intimidated to go to a gym. And it's really intimidating to own up and say, I need help. I need a personal trainer. And then for that personal trainer to turn up and be even more intimidating. Like there's no wonder that people just kind of give up and go, I can't do this. I think that people need encouragement and I know that when I was first starting out, I needed encouragement. I needed someone to say, look, you're doing really well. I didn't need someone going, you're doing really crap. Like, put in more effort. That doesn't work for me. And I know sometimes it does work for other people. That push, that push to keep going and keep working harder, that does work for some people. But other people need to get told, look, you're doing a really good job. Keep going. They need that little bit of gentle encouragement rather than this constant berating and this constant put down. This doesn't work for certain people. And I found that a lot of my clients work, in fact, all of them work better with encouragement rather than being put down. They need to get built up. They've probably been put down in all the other aspects of their life. They need that one hour of being built up. Not all exercise needs to be programmed. I love this quote from Miriam because it was so true. Sometimes we think that programmes need to be really difficult or really structured in order for us to see progress. Sometimes our bodies just need to move. Programming has its time and its place, but also movement in itself of any form also has a priority too. I think there's a time and a place for that. I think if you're working towards competitions if you want to be in absolute peak performance both aesthetically and maybe physically there's a time and a place for a training diary and personalized programs and really detailed ways of of programming however I think for general population and I would class myself as a general population client 
I think that just generally moving every single day and that could be a walk, that could be a swim, that could be like doing your housework, it could be it could be a workout, it could be a hit workout, it could be a strength workout. It doesn't need to be so structured. Me and you went out a hill walk the other day. Like and that to me wasn't programmed. It was just something nice to do for a couple of hours and it was still classed as exercise. I think that you only really need a, a like really specific program as if you're trying to work on something specifically performance wise. Um, I think that if you if you just move every day, some way or another, you'll get great results. Regardless if exercise is or is not programmed, it should be enjoyable. You should enjoy what you do. That will ultimately help to keep you as consistent as possible. Yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. I mean, if you've got a program and you hate every minute of it and you dread it, like you go, oh my God, I need to do back squat on Monday, which... It usually is on a Monday back squat and I don't particularly enjoy back squat at the best of times. Like, you're never going to stick to it. You're never going to be buzzing to go and do it. You're going to be like, oh, can't be bothered to do this. And you won't put in your full effort. Whereas if you go, do you know what? See, on Friday, I'm going to go a hill walk. You're buzzing for it. You want to go and do it and you enjoy it. It doesn't feel like a chore. And I really think that that's maybe the way that people should try and view exercise, kind of like, what do you enjoy doing? And that's what I tend to ask people when I first meet them. I'm like, what do you love doing? Let's try and incorporate that a little bit more. What do you really hate doing? And most of the time it's burpees. Most of the time the answer is burpees. <laughs> so we don't need to do them. There's going to be parts of your program that you're not going to enjoy. But if we can incorporate bits that you really enjoy, the bits that you don't enjoy won't seem that bad. It's really good for certain things and I think it's really detrimental for other things. So social media has such a big influence on all of us all the time throughout our daily lives, our businesses and relationships too. I think that it's really good for inspiring people. Um, I think there's, there's, there's some, if you follow the right people, you can be really inspired and empowered and you can have all the inspiration and you can go and do amazing things however i think that there's some other accounts not going to name names um because like what is it what's the saying different strokes for different folks like people find inspiration from different things that i would find inspiration from there's certain things that i find are really could be really detrimental to your to your mental health i know from first hand when i go into social media and say i scroll through like your kind of main feed of things that are suggested for you i'll look at things and go oh my goodness i don't i don't look like that oh right should i look like that should i be doing that and that's from like both personal thing and a business thing like should i be doing that should i be posting things like that like as we've said should i be posting things about my body like no well do i want to post things like that but it makes you second guess and it also like from a client point maybe they're looking at it going oh that person got that result from doing that should i do that there's so many conflicting messages on it that's the part i don't like but i think if you look at your social media and go what inspires me? I'm going to keep those accounts. What empowers me? I'm going to keep those accounts. What do I like looking at? And what makes me feel good about myself? I'm going to keep that. See all the other stuff? Just unfollow it. Just don't look at it. Because I feel that we can get into this tunnel vision of looking at all these detrimental, horrible accounts and get really messed up in our own little heads. And then you just feel rubbish about yourself. So I think if it's making you feel like that, just 
trying out of sight, out of mind. Like it's the fact that we wake up and the first thing we look at is our screen. Like there's sometimes in the morning, the first thing I've done is looked at, I've not even said good morning to my husband who's lying next to me. I've just picked up my phone and I'm going, why am I doing that? Like, good morning. Like, I think we've just got into this, these really bad habits and I notice a huge difference in my mood if I don't look at social media first thing in the morning. If I just get up, put my jacket on, take my dog out for a walk and don't look at social media. But if I get up and look at social media, I can probably be in a bad mood within a couple of minutes because I'll have seen something that and it's not because somebody's put me in a bad mood it's because in my head I've gone why why as you said like oh I've lost a follower oh that post didn't do very well or someone sent me a really nasty comment or I've seen that why is that person doing that or oh should I be doing this and it's constantly these constant questions going around in your head first thing in the morning I mean mornings are hard enough never mind going through all that (laughs) How many times have you received a message from somebody and read it in a completely different context to what they actually sent? A hey, hello, how are you? Turns out to be a hey, hello, how are you doing? You get me? Sense of tone, it's really difficult to gauge tone through text messages. And if you're already in that kind of frame of mind where you're second guessing everything that you see, and then someone sends you a message saying, hey, how are you? You kind of go, you you do read it in that, like, hey, how are you? You don't read it in a, hey, how are you? Tone you can't get off, off a message. Social media is a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I've built a business through social media. A lot of my inquiries come through social media. I get a lot of business. I meet a lot of amazing people like yourself. I think it's really good for certain things. And I have built a business, not, I wouldn't say based on it, but with it being a help. But I think that you have to kind of use it with caution, especially if you're already feeling quite fragile in your kind of mental well-being. In the world of social media, I forget what my real job is sometimes and it's not to impress everybody over social media. Your voice has an impact. Please use it wisely, especially if you do have such a large following. Maybe not somebody listening to my podcast, but just a little reminder with what you put out on these platforms that people listen and people read and they do impact people's lives. We would still have a job and I think that we would still gain inquiries because of the clients that we have got through word of mouth, through their family, through all different aspects, I think that we would still have a business and we'd still be able to grow a business without social media. It is a tool, but if it went tomorrow, we would still have a viable business. Some of the most knowledgeable people and amazing people I've ever met or come across and and they don't have a huge, some of them don't even have Instagram pages and they don't have Facebook or some of them have a very, very small following. But I think that if you've got a huge, huge following, you kind of have a social responsibility to use that following and that kind of platform for good. Um, But it's not always the case. It's not always the case with these kind of bigger accounts. I think that you just have to know that you can impact the people that watch your your stories and watch your, and follow you and things like that. You can't impact the people that want to go and look at these other big accounts. I would say that becoming a personal trainer or a coach is very much in the same way like how you learn to drive. So you've done all your driving lessons, 
you've done your theory test, you've passed your theory test, you've went out and you've passed your test first time. Amazing, well done. So you're now out on the road. I think when people do their personal training qualification, they think that as soon as they finish, that's them, they're good to go. That is the actual point that you learn to become a PT. This experience comes from when you're out in the industry for yourself and you will learn from each individual client you have. It's not a case of you've now passed this course, you know everything about fitness. Be prepared to be clueless when you start and only get better from being clueless and hungry to learn. You haven't coached anyone. You haven't even had a client. You've... Well, in my, in my course, um, anyway, you had to write a programme for a hypothetical client. You then had to train someone that was already in your course that knew how to do all the exercises. People in the course didn't really have any underlying health conditions. They were all in relatively good shape and they all had really pretty good strength. So you're coaching a client that's probably not going to be your actual client. So you've not got any real experience when you leave. So your first kind of few clients are a real like learning curve and you're learning about them. And then I do think with every client, you learn something new. I mean, I've got clients that have got endometriosis. I've got clients that have been with me through their pregnancy and now are going through their kind of postnatal periods. I've got clients who are trying for babies. I've got clients that are young and they're not even thinking about babies but they want to get stronger and fitter yeah with every new client comes new learning and I think you're always learning so every new person you take on will have something that they need to work on specifically that you'll have never worked on with another client before so you're constantly you when you start I think you kind of start with like an empty an empty toolbox and with every client you're like adding a little bit and you're adding a little bit, but that toolbox will probably never be full. I think that you have a really well-equipped toolbox, but it won't be at full capacity because there's always something you could add to it to enhance your job. As Miriam's just about to explain in the next part of this podcast about how saturated our industry has become over the years, again, for Miriam and myself, We maybe haven't been in this industry for too long. We've not been in it for decades or anything like that. But even in the past five years I have been in the industry, I have definitely seen a big change in terms of having a hobby and interest and then wanting to change that into a career. Sometimes it's not driven with the same focus and sometimes that can be detrimental to a client, especially if they haven't maybe done as much research as they maybe should have in terms of when they're, they've been seeking out their coach. You're going to spend a lot of time with these people, so really make sure that they are the best fit for you. Personal trainer market is so sad, as we've said, it's really saturated. If you're looking for a coach and you've stumbled across my page, I would want you to go through all my posts, I would want you to look through my photos, and I would want you to see, am I the right coach for you? because there's so many and I might not be the right coach for you. Like I might not be well suited, but I want you to feel that you've got a kind of overall sense of who I am as a coach and whether you think that I'm the right fit for you. And I think that that's really important because you could just go based on price. You could just go based on location. However, that might not be the right fit for you. And you have to think you're going to be spending a lot of time with your coach. Every client is a total privilege, but if the relationship doesn't work, not going to be good for both parties 
you have to find someone that you can build a rapport with that you feel comfortable with that you feel that you're getting the most out of your session with that's going to do right by you that's not going to make you do something you don't want to do and they're going to listen to you it's like buying a car you do your research and have a look and has it got all the credentials and is it fit for purpose like that's what you should do with a PT because there's so many to choose from but pick someone that you're going to build a relationship with and that you're going to feel that you get the most out of and that you're going to enjoy your journey with and I think that that's the kind of best place to start. Ever since starting my own journey of having my own business I have never ever been the hard salesman type person that as soon as you walk through that gym door I'm going to make sure that you walk out there a client of mine. I would love to work with you and I would love to be able to work with every single person that was interested in working with me but sometimes that fit just isn't the right fit for each other and it's important to know that. People buy people, they don't just buy a service from a salesman. See when someone's being really salesy with me, that puts me off. I automatically go into rebel mode and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not, no, nope, no thanks, no, I'm okay, cheers. Like, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want pushy salesmen. So I would say we're quite similar in the fact that I would invite someone in to like see our studio and I would invite them in to have a coffee well before all this coronavirus when you could offer people coffees and sit down with them face to face but I would invite them for a chat I would say look come in and see the space see if you like this environment I think that your environment can completely shape your results if you feel comfortable in an environment and you feel comfortable with the person your results are going to show that so I always invite them in for a coffee like there is absolutely no pressure to sign up I'm happy to give you my hour to have a chat and if I don't feel like I'm the right coach, I will say, I don't think that I'm experienced to deal with this, but I know that someone is and that here's the person's number and I will happily refer to another coach because ultimately that person needs that expertise of someone else. And I would like to think that if someone had a client that thought they were better suited to me, that they would refer back. I don't work well with that hard sell. I would much rather have someone come in for a coffee, have a chat, look at the studio, meet me and go away. And, and I always tell them, I'm like, go away and have a think about this. There's absolutely no pressure to sign up right now. Go away, have a chat. If you want to come back in and we can talk about your start date from there, then that's fine. But at least you've got, been given all of the information to go home with and you can make a decision on your own if I'm suited to you. Something that I've definitely learned throughout the years of working in fitness that it's really important that you build that relationship with someone as soon as they walk through the door and they shouldn't be walking through that door expecting to do their first session straight away as much as they're eager and excited to do that we will look forward to that but it's really important to have a solid base to work from again if they've had a bad experience with a personal trainer before myself I want to make sure that I'm the person that can change that experience and make it enjoyable and make sure that the session that they are terrified to do, they actually feel at ease and are a little bit excited about coming along too. We did a, just a coffee over Zoom and I said, look, don't get, into your, don't get into your gym clothes. I was like, you're not signed up. Like, don't worry about it. I was like, go and make yourself a coffee. I'll see you at nine o'clock on Zoom. And we had a lovely chat and she's like, you know, you're the first person that's ever done this. She said, I've had PTs in the past and they've just signed me up on the spot, taking my bank details. She said, and it's not worked. 
And I'm like, well, you need to have a rapport. You need to build that relationship. And I think that starts from the minute you meet someone. I would say with the length of retention that I've kept clients for, I would say that it's not a downfall. You build that relationship from the beginning. The hard selling is just not for me. I would rather just have someone come in and see if they like it. And if they do sign up, then that's absolutely amazing. And I look forward to starting. If they find that they're not the right fit or it's just not the environment that they want to be in, then that's fine too. And I don't take it personally. Not everybody in fitness is a dick either. Like some of us genuinely really want to help. Frankly, some most people do want to help. You've got got a few bad eggs are just in it for themselves. But you've also got people that genuinely care and they want to help and they will help. You just need to kind of filter them out. Look at their social media. Like if they've got a social media presence, like look at the way that they speak. Look at what they post. Look at their photos. Do their clients look happy? Do they post about their clients or do they just post about themselves? Do they post that they do they post like helpful tips to help you on your journey or is it all just about what they bench pressed last week? Like, are they actively trying to help their following or are they just doing it to boost their own ego? I would say that if they're showing their clients, then their clients have obviously agreed to that. So they've got a good relationship with their clients. Have a look at their social media and if it rings true to you and it speaks to you, then I would say that that's a pretty good fit. I used to solely rely on the before and after photos of my clients to try and sell my services to try and increase uh, the clients that I had. I quickly learned that that wasn't the approach that I wanted to take with my business and as much as yes I will make sure that my clients get the physique that they are looking for but to me fitness is so much more than just me using your body to sell my service. I'd rather sell your happiness, sell your face and your smile. We have what we call client profiles where they're kind of like client spotlights and we talk about different groups of our clients at classes, at personal training, their small achievements, things like that. Recently I had a client and she was a bit um, disheartened that after four weeks there hadn't been much change in the scale. And I was like, right, let's take this back a wee minute. Let's look and see things in a bigger picture. So let's range things out of five. So zero being awful and five being amazing. And I said, how would you rate your sleep? And I said, how would you rate your eating habits? I said, how would you rate your daily activity? And then I said, how would you rate how you felt in yourself? as in your own body image. Did you feel more confident? Did you feel less confident? As well as kind of toneness, if we call it that. Do you feel a change in your body regardless of the scales? Do you feel kind of areas starting to firm up a wee bit more and kind of start to take shape a wee bit better? There were so many other elements that we were able to look into and actually see, do you know what? My sleep has actually improved. Do you know, I do actually feel a change in my legs. You know, I've put on a pair of shorts that last year my legs didn't look like that in them. And this year, like, I can see a difference. I'm more aware of my daily activity. So I'm aware if I've not been getting my steps. I'm aware if I've not been moving as much. I'm aware if I'm not putting good food into my body because my body tells me. You know, there are so many other things than a before and after photo that 
a lot of coaches let fall through the gaps. They think just because we didn't get you from 65 kilograms to 60 kilograms that you weren't a great client, you know? If you stayed the same weight throughout the whole entire time that you've been coached for myself, but every other aspect of those elements that we mentioned have changed, then I think I've done my job. Yeah, I mean, I think that in the beginning, I really thought that I had to get before and afters. And it was actually something that was drummed into me from the first person that I kind of worked alongside. It was very much like get before and afters, like get this. And there was a lot of pressure on me to get that. And there was a lot of pressure on my clients to get that. And you, if you notice that on my social media, I don't really have any before and afters. And that's not because I've not got people the results that they want. There's been plenty of people that I've got them to physical fitness and physical aesthetic look that they wanted to get to um but what they've got above and beyond that is worth talking about um and as you said like I don't want someone's someone's values to be based on what they look like I've been training a lovely girl actually called Lucy as well and she's she's lost a fair bit of weight since we'd started working together six months ago but the benefits that she's seen have outweighed that she's able she's a singer and she's able to sing better now she's fitter she's stronger she's going up hill walks that she never did before so if I just post that she's got an amazing before and after it kind of just devalues everything because she's gained so much more than that I've got another client Rhiannon and she was the same like she's lost a lot of weight and she's kept it off but what she's gained is like her mental health is so much better from working out. She's dealing with an illness that is like so much better. She's got all these healthy habits. She sleeps better. She eats better. So again, if I was just to post a before and after, like that's not the whole picture. And they only show for that period of time. Who's to say that in a month's time, they've gone back, they've relapsed and they've gone back to the first picture. They've gone back to the way they were before because it's all fair and well doing all these diets and things like that and getting to that end result. If you can't maintain that, then have you really learned anything? Be good, eat really well, then fall off the wagon, relapse, feel guilty, go back on the wagon. That's the kind of, and it's happens. Uh -huh. It's like exact same with coaches, like did really well with a coach or didn't maintain my results, relapsed, got back to square one, started with new coach. And that's kind of how it tends to be when you're when you're focused on these transformations before and after photos. Just now coming to the end of lockdown, kind of during lockdown, I think a lot of people had this idea of a caterpillar kind of going into its little cocoon and then after so many weeks, months, it was gonna come out and flourish as this amazing butterfly. And don't get me wrong if that worked for you. That is totally amazing and I'm really happy for you that you needed this time to really focus on yourself and you've been given this opportunity, you've really been able to use. Not everyone will have had the same positive impact during Covid and it's important to remember that. The only way that I can kind of explain it is when you're just about to go back to school and you've done all your school shopping and you've got like your lovely new pencil case with your new pens and your new backpack and your new packed lunch and you're just so excited to go back to school. I'm talking about when I was in second year as well. And you're just so excited to go back and be like, oh, look at me, look at all my stuff. Just now, it seems to be that everybody is really taking their health and fitness kind of seriously. They've kind of had lockdown to have a, 
reflection time. And I think that if you are looking to get into health and fitness and you do want a coach, all the things that we have said, like look for someone who you think can help you. And that might not be the person that's constantly got their kit off. It doesn't mean to say that they are the best coach just because that they look the part. Um, I know plenty of people that have got an absolutely phenomenal shape and they're not a coach that I would want to go to. And there's coaches that aren't in very good shape. And I would probably go to them because I know that they would listen to me and they would get me the results that I would want to get. So if you're looking for someone and you want to get on your health and fitness wagon, maybe just don't look at the people that always take their kit off and look incredible because they might not be able to get you those results look at their social media and do they speak to you as a person? Um, do they post things that you like to look at? Do they inspire you? Do they empower you? And go based on that. If you have been able to keep up any form of healthy eating and fitness, whether that be a daily walk, whether that be eating an apple, whether that be drinking your enough water, through a global pandemic, hats off to you. Well done, because you've done probably better than a majority of people. And there's not this huge pressure to be everything and all things to all people during this pandemic. Like, just make sure you're doing right by you. It's, there's just a lot of pressure. I think it's less it's lessened now because I think we're kind of coming out of we're kind of coming out of lockdown. But at the beginning, there was this huge pressure to be the best that you could be when you got, came out of lockdown and as you said we're dealing with a global pandemic if you stayed alive and you coped well and you feel okay at the end of it then well done <laughs> as Miriam puts it so well to end this podcast you don't always need to be naked to know what you're doing just because Miriam and myself and many other coaches don't choose to show off our bodies in every single post that we put on social media and the posters that we use for our business doesn't mean that we don't care about our bodies, our body image, and that we don't know what we're doing. We do, but we are just portraying it in a different way. And please don't think that just because people in fitness have muscles and they are lean and they are in good shape and all these other things, that these are the people that you should aspire to be like. Because sometimes these people are also the most unhappiest people because they are striving for gratification from people through social media. I'm very comfortable in my own skin, but I know the impact of constantly sharing my body on social media to other people, and that is something I choose to not do for my own business. Again, a huge thank you to the wonderful Miriam. God bless her. She recorded this not just once for me, but twice. So I can't thank her enough for that. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Confidently Coaching Without Getting Your Kit Off. Miriam is a personal trainer based in the south side of Glasgow. She specialises in pre and postnatal exercise, mobility and strength training. She is an epic coach and even if you don't do one-to-one coaching with her yourself, you should definitely give her a follow on her social medias, so on Facebook and Instagram. You can find her at MJS Personal Trainer again on both Facebook and Instagram. So head over, go give her a little like. Miriam, you have been wonderful as always. Thank you so much, women. I'm Lucy, the founder of Coach Lucy, and this has been A Couple with a Coach.